0: Two years. happy over all your never. Right? Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I think we're going to get started. Um, morning. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> you don't have flowers for all of No, I don't have flowers for all of you. <laughs> um, so, why don't we start out with prayer and then we'll jump right in? Dear Lord, we thank you. This beautiful spring day, Father, and all the of your beauty it shows us as we outside and just we learn about you from the chum. So this morning as we look at different aspect of your see so visually, we just pray that you will have it out what you care for and as we as we instantly give you praise and just purpose is to worship you. Pray that you will guide our thoughts this morning, um, draw us close to you through this class and service as well this morning. Good morning. So we're in We're so close to being done with this part um, about other beings, so we have just this last third part of the the section on fallen angels, Um, and then we're going to talk about the living creatures, and then we're going to jump into eternal state and what that's like. Not quite to heaven yet, but pretty close. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's the right direction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. None of that. The rapture. The rapture is not that yet. Not not so imminent that. Sorry, but I didn't hear that part. the answer. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, the talking about demons and fallen angels. We said that they're there's. Two groups: there are those that are free and those that are bound. Um, there are spirit beings; they go around. And this is just going through the old notes. Um, they're intelligent, but they don't know everything. They're powerful, but they're not all powerful. Um, so, we we have this contrast of demons to God. And the the fact is that as powerful as they are, as intelligent as they are. As much as they can do, our, our guiding principle, while we're understanding and learning about them, is that they can do nothing outside of the will of God, and they have no power other than what God allows them to do. So, that really is our comfort and hope, is that when God says he'll protect us, he really can protect us, because these creatures can do nothing except for what he allows. Um, so just like the angels, we looked at different categories of angels. Um, The the fallen angel structure is very similar. Um, They're not doing anything new. They just imitate and twist around what's already being done. And so, Paul kind of talks about this in Ephesians 6. Would you like to read it? 6.12? Thank you. So, The first thing we learn from this passage is that the things he's talking about aren't flesh and blood things. He says, for we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we we wrestle against the rulers. So if by that he means kings, that that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, because he's saying we don't rule against flesh and blood, against people. we, We fight against kings that are flesh and blood people. So he's he's talking about spiritual beings that we are in this struggle with. So um they they can't be human rulers, but all of these are govern governmental positions. They're they're rulers, um, they're authorities, they're cosmic powers over this present darkness is what the ESV says. And spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So, they are governmental rulers, but they're not earthly governmental rulers. So this is sort of indicating some kind of structure to us in in the demonic realm. And it's not super clear, but we can kind of line it up based on the fact that Paul divides all of these into separate categories. First of all, he doesn't just say, against rulers and against other rulers and against other rulers and against other rulers. There's four different things that we're talking about. And also we can see the authority structure with the angels and kind of understand it as mirroring that. And so first we have these rulers, um, and they're first and they're highest in rank. So if you think about in, in the whole scheme... You have Satan, who set himself up as the, the, the god of his little realm. And so then, right under him are these rulers. So think of, like, Michael, the archangel, for example, as someone to parallel this kind of ruler idea to. Um, and then Paul lists powers. Um, so those are those who are invested with authority as well. They have power um so they're they're distinguished from the rulers, but it's not it's not super clear from this verse how they're distinguished. We know that they're different. things. Paul says that they're different things. Um, so then he also lists world forces of this darkness, and this this seems to be those who exercise power over this world. and so, like we saw when we looked at Daniel and the angels coming to Daniel. He's like, I would have come here faster, but the Prince of Persia was delaying me. And what what we talked about from there is that there are specific demons whose responsibility is to control and influence the leaders of nations. And so these world forces of this darkness, as Paul calls them, is probably what he's meaning by that. Um, and then he lists spiritual forces of wickedness um, and th- these are these are evil spirits they're spiritual beings, fallen angels who express their nature and character um, these are probably just regular demons where they're spiritual forces they have power they 're not rulers or powers or authority, but they, they do have um they do have a place in this army. They're part of this force. Um, and they're, they're wicked. They're, that's their nature and character, is just wickedness. So this parallels all the stories we've looked at in Scripture from, of demons and encounters with demons, and just they are wicked through and through. Um, so also in Daniel 10... 13. This is, uh, this is the one that we were just talking about a minute ago. All right. Thank you. Um, so, the, this prince of the kingdom of Persia, which is now Iran, um, it's, it's, he, he has control, in a sense, over what happens in Persia. <clears throat> and so, if we turn over to Revelation... I don't know why we would say that there wasn't. And that's that's pro- there's probably a Prince of America as well. Like, it's not just specific to Persia. It's that they are trying to systematically destroy humanity um, from the top down and from the bottom up in any way they can. So they have these rulers set up over everything, and then they have spiritual, these spiritual forces just around as well. So, it's not explicitly stated that there's one for every single nation, but there's no reason for us to think that, for some reason, Persia was so bad that it had some special. So, and in in Revelation 12, um, 7, this says, Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. So, and then in 9 it says, And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and the angels were thrown down with him. So, we, we have Satan here as the chief of all these a- angels who were thrown out of heaven. And so he is the one who's appointing them. He's the one who's of their governmental structure and system. So, I mean, what what we see with the fact that they have this system is that, I mean, a lot of times we think that it's just a sort of chaotic thing, that they're running around trying to just do bad things all the time. And that is their mission, but it is structured. They have... When we, when we looked at Satan's purpose and demons' purpose, they have a very clear purpose, what they're trying to do, and they have a very structured way of trying to do it, of working towards their purpose. Yeah, right, yes. So, yes, I, I think C.S. Lewis does a great job in his book, The, the Screwtape Letters, of kind of giving flesh to all of this and clear... And I mean, he's not inspired, but it, he he does do a really good job of giving us sort of a picture of what this might look like. It's it's a really cool, um, and that's just part of God binding them. And really, right? And the the point of that is not only to fulfill God's covenant promises in the millennium, but it it's also to display the fact that humanity is wicked enough by itself, like. There's no the devil made me do it at the end of the millennium bull are sitting on earth with God as their ruler, Christ is their literal king on earth, and they still rebel against it so all all of these spiritual forces are bound during that millennium period um and so w- we see here with these with with this structure that they have a very clear way of going about doing things if we don't know, if we don't realize what's going on, um, at least in a very, very broad sense, it, it's very easy for us to just compare it and to become completely neutralized in this battle that we're middle of, really. And it, it really is a war. They are trying to destroy us. They're trying to destroy regular people they're trying to destroy entire governments they're trying to destroy the kingdom of heaven like there's nothing that they aren't trying to destroy and so when when we outline it like this it's it's very clear that they have a set purpose so we as well need to have a set purpose we need to be aware of what's going on and even in our own lives if it's not specifically dealing with demonic things there is still the fact that they're systematically trying to spread, the, to spread this evil that just infects everything. Um, and we need to guard and fight against that in our own lives because they're sure trying to get it out there. They're fighting against you. So if, if we don't push back, we're just going to either be taken over or neutralized as Christians. So. That's the end of the section on fallen angels. Any other questions or <laughs> <laughs> I think you're, yeah. you're spot on. I mean <laughs> that like the the way I think about it is it's not the responsibility of John Cameron to stop abortion and I I couldn't no, even no. and so with with all these huge evil, very evil things that are happening in America and just around the world, all we can do is play our part i'm the only really the only way that we can fight abortion is through voting and through writing letters to send us um other than that there's there's nothing we can do about it, right. and like those who are earlier, yeah that we need, right we need to right fight, and yeah. I, It just Paul Paul's mean. advice to Timothy is fight the one that's in front of you yeah. fight you yeah. he, he doesn't say Timothy go and correct these people wrong he says you hold firm what's right in front of you, you like advice. Timothy you have your congregation in front of you and in in that sphere that it it might be a a horrible thing for us to think about abortion but it shouldn't be a surprising thing to us it, Oh, yeah, the the world destroys things that are inconvenient. That's not surprising. And so if if we say, no, you can't do this anymore, which, I mean, that's such a hard tension to hold because it is so incredibly disgusting and evil. Um, But even that is just treating the sin. It's the same thing with gay marriage. We can make it illegal all we want, but that doesn't change anyone. It just makes everyone look... Like they're okay when really they're right. And uh, an encouraging thing is that, I mean, Paul wrote this to Timothy 2,000 years ago. Like, this isn't something new that's just been happening. Yeah. And I don't know if I think it's still supposed to. (laughs) Yeah. I think another encouraging encouraging part about this passage. (laughs) I think another encouraging part about this passage is that. That in our own minds, we tend to surecoat the ancient world. Right. And we don't understand that Timothy is surrounded by an incredible amount of very explicit wickedness. And Paul's not just saying, you know, there are a lot of people who are being kind of mean to each other. He's it's very real to Timothy, just as much as it is to us. And so, Paul's charge works. And this is the, I mean, the last thing Paul ever wrote before he dies. This is like his... All of his heart is in these like two-pages scripture, and it's amazing to read it, the exhortation that he gives credible. We're in that same position. We're not all pastors. We're not all young. We're not all all of these things that qualify Timothy, but we we do have this struggle. We have the same thing, and Paul's answer to us would be the same. Hold fast to what you've been taught. Um, Do what you know to do. Fight where you can, and just realize that it's bad. It's going to keep being bad. You shouldn't be surprised by it. You also can't fight it all. Just fight where you are. What? what so, are there, are there any other questions about um, fallen angels, or, or we go into the, the section on living creatures? Right. Well, going to a more positive and uplifting... <laughs> section. I, I felt like I should have said K-love right there or something, <laughs> positive and uplifting. But <laughs> this is, this is, a, this, all, all of what we're going to talk about from living creatures, or most of it, is from Revelation 4, 6 through 9. Um, So John's having his vision of heaven and of these final days, and he, Revelation 4, um, in verse 6, he says, And before the throne there was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal. And around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures, full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature, like a lion, the second living creature, like an ox, the third living creature with the face of a man, and the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within, and day and night they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives for ever and ever, the 24 elders fall before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever that's um they cast their crowns before the throne saying "worthy are you our lord and god to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created" so that verse eleven's kind of pen and 11 or that comes sorry, I didn't want to just um so these living creatures are beasts or animals. This is what the the term creature means. It's not a human type thing. So they the the way John describes them is they're incredible. Um and they're they're seated around the throne. They have the closest positions to God. Um this says they're stationed in the inner circle and surround the and surround or circumference the throne. So they are, they're literally just around the throne of God for. Um, so then, in Ezekiel, um, he suggests that these beings are in constant motion around it, and these are these are referenced other places in Scripture when when the throne of God is described, um, and so so when Ezekiel describes it. He describes them as constantly moving. Um, so, what this means about them that they're called living creatures is that they're, they are living. They're breathing. They're, they're intelligent. They can speak. They're articulate. Um, and this is really because they dwell in God's presence, and they they worship Him and they speak to Him and they praise Him and they sing to Him constantly. That's what John says that that's what they're. All um, so. They, they may have preexisted the the creation of the earth, but they're, they're definitely greater than the animals that we know. um So this is kind of just going along with our mirror of heaven. It's a, a lot of our, our mirror of the, the spiritual realm is that a lot of it's similar to what's on earth, but to a greater degree. So these living creatures, like we have animals on earth, are the same sort of thing, but to a better degree. Um, so, and this says perhaps they're the prototype creatures of heaven after whom God designs the earth's animals. So, this is a, uh, you know, he, he says, John says, they look like creatures on earth. He describes one like a lion and one like an ox and one like a person and one like an eagle. So, these could very well be the the outline or prototype for what's on Earth. Um, so even though they're they're highly intelligent and expressive, they they sit there and speak. They're still called living creatures. This I mean it, it really just means animal. Like they're they're alive. They're creatures. So this this is kind of here to distinguish them from other angels that we've talked about because they do have some similar characteristics. To and they, they are distinct. These are the living creatures. So, John describes them as full of eyes in front and behind. That's part of the, wow, these things are amazing imagery, is they're covered in eyes. Um, and this, this, symbolize, this symbolizes their intense awareness and alertness and their Comprehensive knowledge; they they can see all around, um, and they they don't ever sleep. Their eyes they're they're just completely covered in eyes, um, and so uh, around the the throne of God, nothing. They're not missing anything. They they see everything, and so nothing escapes their notice or their song. And so that I mean that's that's kind of just in. An amazing picture that they have all these eyes, and they're real seeing everything that goes on in the throne room of god and it's probably i mean this is what's inspiring all their praise is that they're constantly visually aware of what's going on in the throne room of God, and so these i mean they're not even beings like we are that we we think of ourselves, and like angels is you know human-looking things that... And they still, even though they're not humans, they don't have the same sort of intellect that we do, they still understand God's glory and praise Him. And they were created to do that. Um, and it, it's really an amazing thing that they, other you know, animals, praise God. And that's part of what all of our creation is modeled to do, is to praise God um, regardless of whether, like, tree, how does a tree praise God? I mean, a tree gives glory back to God, whether it even understands that it's doing it. And these creatures have been given the privilege of understanding what they're doing. Um, so it, it's a really cool picture that they're full of eyes. Um, they see everything. Ah, talking snake! <laughs> yeah. That's the worst part. <laughs> uh, you <laughs> just reinforced <read laughs> it, Mark. I'll never live it down. I uh, understand. It's like all dogs go her? to heaven. Did you hear her? I says, Oh yeah, I heard her. <laughs> it's like that old cartoon, all dogs go to heaven. <laughs> the the talking animals, but yeah. Um, and so the the first ones. Like a lion, and so from this we get a, a picture of wild creatures on earth. Um, lions a symbol of strength, so creatures wild and strong. Um, the second one is like a calf um, and' it's, it's kind of a representation of domestic animals um, that and they, it's really a symbol of service and of. A cow is not a wild animal with power like a lion. It's more of a, a submissive creature, and so re- really, what we're seeing here already is that God's not just—he's not just surrounded by lions. He's surrounded by the, the full spectrum of creation. He, he didn't just create powerful things to get created humble, serving animals. To, um, so the third The third creature has a face of that like a man um, so he he represents the the pinnacle of all creation he looks like us um, and it symbolizes reason and intelligence um, fourth creature is like a flying eagle um, and this is a representative of all the flying creatures um, and it's not just the symbol of speed but this this does complete the representation of all of creation. All of the created creatures are surrounding God in this sense, and so these these creatures represent um, all of what God's created. Um, so, at at other places in scripture, um, these four. Living creatures also marked the four banners under which the twelve tribes of Israel came. Like a lion, the most, the one that survived, the most is the the lion. You have this image of the lion of Judah. Um, but they they are represented by these living creatures as well, and so they're they're very involved as well in carrying out God's wrath in the following chapters of Revelation. They they do in a very real sense God's will. He's He's commanding them. And I mean what this shows us about them, just to reinforce stuff we've already talked about, is that they're not stupid and like it's not just like a cat kind of walking around the throne room of God. These are very intelligent. They know what's going on. They they can speak. They can be commanded to do things. And it's not just like fetch. It's they they actually carry out God's will. Um, and here, each one of them has six wings and are full of eyes around and within. <coughs> and so, from that, taking in all the throne room of God and being in the very presence of God, they constantly worship God. That's what John says. They they constantly cry this thing that's ripped throughout scripture all the time it's holy 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 is the lord god almighty who was and is and is to come this is they're constantly saying that in god's presence and they're animals like that's (laughs) that's the i think so often we just consider the world that we're on as just it's just dirt and rocks it's you no, know, bad because of sin, God's going to blow it up, and we don't understand that it really gives glory back to God. Even the animals in heaven give glory to God, and even the animals on earth give glory to God. All the trees, the dirt, I mean, everything about this planet is always testifying back to God that he created it, that he's in control of what's happening on it, and that he has the power over it to do what he wants. So this is just part of the broadness that God surrounds Himself in. He, he doesn't just want doesn't just want the elders that are there to give worship to Him. He, he wants worship from all of creation. So these animals are just a, a representation of that creation. Give back to their Creator. Um, so they they understand that worship is their privilege. It's their calling and their permanent occupation. That. They- <laughs> They're not sitting there wondering when the song's going to be over and why they've been saying the same thing all of eternity. Like, <laughs> our minds automatically go to when we think of heaven, like, oh man, it's going to be church forever. They they understand that this is what they get to do. It's not something that they have to do. Um, what they were created for. Um, and they're, they're each different in uh, appearance, but again, they repeat... Or they they complete the representation of the entire created order on Earth. And so, I mean, this is a as kind of setting this up as a preliminary view of what heaven's going to be like. The the Earth is recreated, and it's it's not just as if there are only people walking around. All all of the stuff on Earth as a model of what's in heaven is good. It's worth saving it 's worth renewing um, so even even the animals, even the created order is part of this um, so they these all seem to lead as if they are the first in heaven to lead in song and praise to God for his perfection, his omnipotence, his eternality that 's when John goes on in ten and eleven when they start singing, after they start praising God, then the elders start praising God. It's creation first that gives glory to God. And this is completely parallel to the creation narrative in Genesis. He doesn't create people first so that he can get his glory and then start creating all the stuff that the people are going to walk around on. The creation first is giving glory to God, even when so... Heaven has that same model is that aided order is first giving this glory back to God. So, this is a, a really beautiful image of the throne room of God. It's, it is fascinating to think about speaking animals that can commune. Um, and it should just give us a huge picture of God and what first his creativity, what he desires from his creation. And it shows us his ultimate plan in that, I mean, heaven really isn't just going to be a bunch of people standing in front of God or a bunch of people floating on clouds with harps. It's going to be the entire creation order. This world, everything that's in it, is going to be renewed and is going to be set back to its correct purpose, just to give worship and glory to God. And in this case, it's verbal. I mean, we might be surrounded by it millions of talking animals for all of eternity. Um, So, I mean, it is a really cool image to think about, let your imaginations run with it, because it's very, a lot of these things are very symbolic. They're representative of bigger things that are happening. And so, I mean, (laughs) maybe all of our pets will be in heaven. Oh, maybe... Yeah, right. (laughs) My cat's going to be there. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, God cares deeply about every aspect of His creation. So, this is part of, we, we can think of it the way that Jesus talks about the sparrows in light of the discussion that we just had about demons and all these spiritual forces that if God cares about these animals, cares about sparrows on earth, he, he knows when even one of them dies, he cares, he surrounds himself with these creatures, cares intimately, measurably more about us, that that care for us is not going to allow us to be swallowed by evil if, if we so, so. That, that's his promise to us. He'll keep us safe, he'll protect us, and that one day we will join these living creatures in worshiping. The first, given the I think it's just like we have worship leaders in church. Imagine it being a relog with wings and <laughs> eyes, like that. It's it's a it's a very very interesting image, and it's a lot bigger than what we think heaven is like about animals and um, air. Yeah. Just to be right. Like something we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can prove you wrong someday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, yeah,, I guess that's not... yeah, the word just means animals, yeah. like that's just how they said, living creatures ominous or something, yeah, that's <laughs> but a beast, it's like the yeah, creature. they're animals they're.